No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And I just knew it. I just had a feeling, Crespin. I had a feeling. Welcome into the Friday Friday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone, who wasn't sure in the pre-show meeting if he was going to scream off the top. I had a feeling that he was going to. Gentlemen, how are we doing on a Friday? Uh, so much better than Sean. Yeah, I'm so gonna, much better than Sean. I, I can't it's not match, even funny. I can't match what, uh, what Jordan just did to bring yeah. some energy into it. But I am a little stoked for today, guys. So we got a Peloton in the house. Jordan, I told you this, right? You did? Yeah, my shoes. You didn't tell me. Well, first of all, it takes like six to seven weeks for those things to get delivered. Like crazy. What's going on? Um, well, yeah, a lot of demand. I, uh, my shoes Low came supply. today. My shoes came today. Like your cleats, first of all. Also yep. didn't know that that was a thing for riding bikes. Apparently you have cleats and yep. they've got things that click into the pedals. And apparently for a, a stationary rookie. bike, you also need cleats. Didn't know this. This Just is all brand rookie. new to me. So I, uh, Just a I, rookie. I purchased all the good stuff. Uh, Peloton is now in the house. And uh, I'm probably going to die tonight when I give it a shot. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to a Friday all right, night. So here, here's my advice. Uh-huh. Here's my advice. It's, okay. it's tough. You're going to start out. It's going to be difficult. But once you get used to it, get in a rhythm, do it, you know, four days a week, five days a week, you're going to start loving it and you're going to start getting really good. You'll probably be better than me because you don't have two knee surgeries. But mm-hmm. my advice is to uh, stick with it. I rode this morning and my favorite person to ride with is Allie Love. She's the, the most real. She brings the best music. Uh, and that's key. You're gonna like. You're gonna like some of those instructors on there, Sean. That's key. The music's huge for me, dude. If if I'm not feeling the jams, I gotta go. I'll just put my own on and just do my own ride. I gotta have. I gotta. Do, have a can job. we get some? Huh? Can we get some content out of this? Can we get like hot takes from the Peloton bike or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I know it's not sponsored by them, but can we get no. some? I need some content dude, out of this. I for will the show. film this tonight. My first ever ride. I will film it tonight. How about? How about this? Shirtless Sean Peloton thoughts. <laughs> can I get okay. a couple, can I get a couple months before the shirtless Sean part comes around? How about no, sleeve- I think you just yes. you, how about sleeveless to start? Let's let's go with sleeveless to start and then we can work sleeveless on the shirtless. Sean, yeah. And then we can work yeah, on I'm the cool shirtless part. All right. How about yeah. that? Will that work? Yeah. Well then how about get you a how about we start mm-hmm. I was going to say, how about we start the Friday edition of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone by telling everybody what is in no, no, the no, no, league no. Hang on, on hang today's on. show. I'm not, I'm not done yet. I need some advice. What? I need some advice from you guys real quick. All right, let me, okay. let me ask this. Schubert, you're in Houston right now. You're going to need to get a tarp, some alcohol, <laughs> uh, an axe. You're going to uh-huh. want to cut it up into little pieces. You're mm-hmm. going to want to throw it in the lake, strap it with some uh, saran wrap. You're not you like that Jordan. You're not, you're, you're not far off. Let me let me tell you what's going on. So in my house, I've got this dividing wall. Gets on the bleach. It's on the back side of my driveway. Schubert, you've been to my house. You've seen it. There's like a dividing mm-hmm. wall. Now in the neighborhood, my house is almost right directly in the middle. So in order to get to the the north side of the neighborhood, over that dividing wall, you either have to walk a, half, a quarter mile east or a quarter mile west to get around it, or you can just jump over the damn thing. So kids in the neighborhood. Just want to jump over the fence so they don't have to walk the oh, extra, gosh. right? Which it's a kid? I'm, ultimately, I'm fine with. It's not kid. It's kids, plural. But ultimately, I'm fine with whatever, dude. Jump over the fence. I would do the same thing if I was your age. The problem is, apparently, one of these little bastards can't get up over this wall on their own. So what are they doing? They're dragging my trash can out from along the side of the house to use the trash can to get up over the wall. Also, not, Now we've crossed the line. In the grand scheme of things, also not a huge tragedy right 
The problem is I got a note from the HOA because you can't have your trash cans in view. I'm like I didn't have my goddamn trash can in view. The kid pulled the thing into view. So what do I do okay, about so this? Okay, so is it a kid or is it an HOA member? Well, which one did you kill? I didn't kill any. I didn't kill anybody. I'm asking. Okay, you need what to get do your I hands do? on some bleach. Okay, the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to um, want to wipe down the area, wipe down the trash can, so your okay. fingerprints are. I've been watching a lot of murder TV in the mm-hmm. uh, in the quarantine, so I know what to do. Sounds sure. like you've been watching okay. a lot of Dexter. That's what it sounds like you've been 20, watching. So is it an HOA person? You, no, you murdered the HOA person. I didn't murder anybody. Nobody. Okay, good. I'm I'm good. trying to not murder somebody. So my 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 advice that I need is what? How do I keep these damn kids from pulling the trash can out? into the middle of the view to get up over this fence. Listen, if you can jump the fence, jump the fence. If you can't, I'm sorry. You need to, you probably should be walking that extra extra uh, uh, length and maybe get a little extra strength to get your ass up over that wall. But it's driving me nuts right now. Wait, here's a real okay. question. Mm-hmm. Could you get over that wall? Yeah, absolutely I can get over that wall. Jordan, <laughs> come on. I'm fat and I'm out of shape, but I can get up over a wall. Are you kidding me? <laughs> come on. So I have a couple of questions. Out of shape. That's hurtful. Is this occurring at the same time every day? No. No, it's just it's and it's just random days. Like I'll come home from work at seven, eight or at night, and there's the damn trash can pulled over to the wall from the side of the house. So could get an airsoft. Okay, because my 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 suggestion was going to be if it was the same time every night, maybe about twenty minutes beforehand. Scope it out. You go and get in the trash can, and then when they pull it over, and then when they go to the jump, you pop out. It's Halloween, right? You you, you give them a little prank. Guess what? They will never come near that trash can again. I was thinking about putting like grease on the trash can so they get all nasty. I was thinking about putting you know, those bird spikes to keep birds off of areas. Put that on top of the fence, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that might that might be a little much. But either way, hey, I, can, I, I uh, can we talk out. some sports? Yeah, let's get into what's in the lead. Sorry, I was just I just was hoping you guys would I have try, some. Advice. I tried to get us there in the I was, beginning. I was Jordan, hoping you, Sean want to talk really, about his Peloton bike and. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd have trash some on. For me. It sounds like you're not getting enough conversation at home. Do we need to talk to Lindsay? No, she's. I mean, she she's need to talk work. to you more. She's at work right now, but she has no. She well, has talk no, to your damn dogs then. Do you think she, she has? Jordan, do you think she would want hey, to put up with this, these two conversations? <laughs> we don't have problems. She has no, no, uh, no fix for this situation either. I was hoping maybe you guys did. Maybe some of the listeners that subscribe as well may have. Maybe you can drop us a line right there. You see at the bottom of the screen, Twitter uh, at, at nb underscore podcast. Maybe you can help me out. All right, Chris. This is the one they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I tried to get us here about five minutes ago, but we made instead it. we had to talk about trash cans and HOA members. We, we made it. Next and time our top him. story in the lead, yes, next time we just we just bowl right through it. Uh, in the lead, number one, and this is one that, guys, uh, it's kind of a wait and see to see if this matters in the grand scheme of things. But the New York Jets, the team that the Arizona Cardinals are scheduled to face on Sunday, they got sent home today. Both the players and the coaches sent home due to some positive COVID tests within the organization. So here we sit on a Friday, two days before this game is going to be played. We've already seen the NFL move a couple of games. Feels like this one might get moved as well as we wait and see if the Jets are going to be able to be cleared to play on Sunday. Uncharted territory. Uncharted territory. They don't know what's going to happen. Um, look, I think if you're the Cardinals, you you prepare like you're playing. You prepare like it's, it's going down. You keep your mindset right. You can't in, – in football and in, in most every sport, there's things that you can't control and there's things that you can. All the Cardinals can do is focus on what they're doing, what their team is all about, what they're going to do, which is go to New York and try to get a win um, and bounce back from uh, two, two losses in a row. Yeah, and, and they, uh, that's exactly what they're doing as we're recording this on, on Friday morning, Jordan. They're, they're just proceeding as normal. They were at practice this morning. Nothing changed. 
Uh, I think at worst, as of right now, the only news we have is that the New York Jets have a positive test in the building. We don't know how many or what the situation is at this point. So I think worst case, what you're going to get is a postponement like we've seen with a few other games this week where it gets moved back to Monday or it gets moved back to Tuesday. That's at worst. I mean, if it's one guy and everybody else tests negative between now and Sunday, you're probably going to see the game played as scheduled. So if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you can't do anything else. Jordan, you're 100% right. Proceed like normal and, and go forward from there. The NFL week got started last night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went to Chicago to take on the Bears. They also took on the refs in that game as well. The Bears pick up a victory, 20-19. A bad game all around for Tampa and Tom Brady, who uh, I still he thinks the game's still going on down there. He, he thinks that they got more plays to run. They got two more quarters to play uh, as they fall to 3-2 and two on the season. The Bears 4-1, Jordan. The 4-1 Chicago Bears. I can't believe it. Nick Foles uh, just... He, he's got so many bragging rights now on Tom Brady. It's stupid. Um, a guy that that he he looked terrible last night too. Nick Foles couldn't hit a, a wide open receiver if his life depended on it. Sean, you even texted us last night saying Chris Schubert could have hit that guy wide open, and I responded with, "You guys have a lot of faith in your athletic abilities because uh, it's obviously tough to do." But I, I might have to agree with him on there. Look. The game was so sloppy. The Bucs are one of the most penalized teams in the league, if not the most penalized team in the league now. There was one drive where I think there was like seven penalties in a row on both teams. It's just ridiculous. And then uh, Tom Brady obviously uh, holding up the four, like thinking it's fourth down. And at the end of the game, of course, he goes, no, I knew it was fourth down. Is this his first sign of of decline? I hate to say it. Is this his first sign of decline? I mean, the guy still looks good. He's 42. I mean, he's been declining since, you know, 35 years old, but it hasn't shown up on the field. Um, And so for the first time, maybe Tom wasn't in it mentally with a minute left. I was hoping I had some money on the line uh, for Tom to drive (laughs) down and get the game-winning field goal. So, you know, I was bummed, Uh, but I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I I think, you know, what he's done is is obviously exceptional and um, sad to see him not lead them down and win like the legend has always shown if that's the first sign of decline i don't know what you would call the three pick sixes we've seen in the last six games maybe a lack of arm strength when he's got to drive the ball to the outside uh you know people get confused oh well he completed a 40 yard pass down the middle of the field huge difference between lobbing a ball 45 yards down the field and having to drive a ball to the field side on a 20 yard comeback there's a huge difference in arm strength to complete both of those balls the ones he's struggling with are the ones on the outside you've seen the pick sixes that have come from that so uh i've got questions there i know a lot of people are saying i'm crazy the last few days when i bring that up but there's questions there um I, ultimately, I think they're going to be fine this year, but Father Time is is at the doorstep knocking for Tom Brady right now, uh, and it's only going to be a matter of time. I mean, statistically, last night, 25 of 41, 253 yards and a touchdown. They were in that football game, and he was getting harassed, right? I mean, Khalil Mack and company were just in his face all night long last night. So is there a decline hey. starting? I think. I, I'm leaning I that also, way, but I don't think it's we're not there yet. What's up? I also have to mention that Gronkowski looks like he's in the body of a 95-year-old man the way he's running around. It's sad. It's well, really sad. I mean, the guy can still make some good catches here and there, but he I mean, he's running around. He looks like he's, he's stuck in mud or he's running in sand. The amount of injuries he's had and then taking a year off from football, you know, like he's going to look like he's 
not re- and no camp, right? You didn't have the regular off season this year as yeah. well to, to boot. So uh, it, it's going to be a tough go for Gronk. You know, not to mention you got him and Brady both in a foreign foreign offense to them. You know, um, so yeah, you're not wrong. He looks a little bit slow, but man, that guy, his body is so beat up from over the years, and then taking a year off from football, trying to get back into it with an odd off season, it's it's, it's got to be difficult. But uh, for the Chicago Bears. This is a football team that just keeps finding a way to win to win football games, man. Like how they're doing it, I have no idea. Defensively, they're they're outstanding. They're as stout as they've ever been. Offensively, though, I mean the team overall still kind of a mess, right? When you just mentioned Nick Foles and company, and um, it's it, it still kind of a mess. They only put up 20 points last night, but you know their defense is so stout. You, you get the one point win. It's, it, it was enough. They just keep finding ways to win football games, and that NFC North is starting to get pretty interesting between the Packers offense, who don't care if they play defense, and the Bears defense, who can't seem to really get right offensively. That's going to be a heck of a clash when when, uh, when when those two teams meet later on in the year. Well, coming off of two starts, one of which it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we were just talking about, Justin Herbert named the starter for the Los Angeles Chargers. And, Sean, I'm looking at our notes here. You have a name here. Who, who's Wally Pipp? I don't Dude. know who this is. This is the you don't you really you're a baseball guy you don't know I know okay. I'm just being I'm just, sarcastic. Just sure. I'm Jordan, being a jerk. you're young. Yes. Do you understand the term Wally? Pitt? Yes, I know okay. Wally. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Justin I was just Herbert, being a jerk. Justin Herbert officially gets the start, and my God, is this not the worst Wally Pip moment in history of all time? Tyrod Taylor. Well, the doctor Herbert didn't Wally Pip him. The doctor no, did. No, 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 no. But but what I'm getting at is he was removed from the from uh, you know the, from the playing surface because a doctor punctures his lung. I'm not saying the doctor intentionally did it, but my God, you're five minutes, you know, thirty minutes before the game starts that Herbert finds out he's going to start a couple weeks ago against Tampa Bay, um, and Tyrod Taylor's not going to see the field again. Now, is it for the organization the right decision? One hundred percent. But is it absolutely tragic for Tyrod Taylor to have his starting job pulled due to a needle in the lung? Like, oh my goodness, this is the worst Wally Pipped moment I can ever remember. Completely agree. It's really sad, honestly, because if you watched all of the Hard Knocks film, I mean, Tyrod Taylor was their guy. He was their leader. He's the one that was outspoken about everything. You know, uh, everybody looked to him. And Herbert's a young cat. You know, he showed some 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 signs of, of being pretty good in camp and then you know, it's it's his ability in the game. You know, once you get in the game day situation, can you turn it on and can you be that guy? Um, and Herbert answered that question, man. He, he looks good. He, he's competing. He's taking some shots and he's getting right back up. So I think they're pretty fired up to have him. And I know that their uh, their head coach was a big part of drafting him anyway. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit when I'm wrong. I mean, Jordan, I think you and I were on the same page, both working with the Sun Devil Radio Network and what we saw with Herbert uh, when ASU upset Oregon last year, he was erratic with the football. He was airmailing it. You know, he just was not accurate whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't know how well his game was going to translate to the to the pro game. And uh, I, I got to admit, when I'm wrong, kid looks like he is he's the real deal for for uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and it's going to be something for for years to come. He's been some of the throws he's made this year already. A uh, couple of jaw droppers, man, where he's fit some in coverage up the seam and. Um, He's been he's been he's been he's been pretty sensational. So I got to admit when I'm wrong, Justin Herbert looks like he's going to be the real deal. But for Tyrod Taylor, my goodness, man, uh, that that is an awful Wally Pipped moment. Not only do you have physically an issue to get over with the lung that was punctured by a needle from your own team doctor, but then you got to get over the fact that uh, you just lost your starting job and it doesn't look like you're getting it back anytime soon. 
Final one uh, for you guys here in the lead. Sean, I want to start with you on this one because this might be Major League Baseball's worst nightmare is the Houston Astros yesterday. Uh, they punched their ticket to the ALCS one step closer to a world championship. And don't don't think that because of everything that's been going on in the world, people have forgotten about the Houston Astros and that cheating scandal. This would be, and you put it in our show prep, and I was laughing when I was reading it, this would kind of be online with what we've seen in 2020. Like the Astros, when everybody's mad at them, they go out there and in this crazy year, they uh, they end up winning a championship. And I think a lot of people in Major League Baseball would not, uh, not take too kindly to that. This would be the most 2020 sports thing of 2020 if the Houston Astros <laughs> make a run and find their way back to the World Series. Uh, this is a team that was sub-500 in the 60-game shortened season. Sub-500, they get in because of the new playoff format, and then they win their first four playoff games. Athletics get one, but they ultimately are able to win that series yesterday. Uh, and, on, and onward they go to the ALCS. But let me let me throw them. Let me let's throw this out there. Though I think everybody's rooting against the Houston Astros from a storyline standpoint. Major League Baseball is on the verge of getting the Dodgers and Astros in the World Series and the rivalry that's there and the I mean the storylines holy oh, yeah. cow get your popcorn get, ready sign me up for that all get day long get your popcorn sign ready sign me up all day long for that storyline the Astros and the Dodgers after all the garbage they talk you know the Astros being pompous as they were uh that would be that would almost be perfect for major league baseball though every fan yeah. of the sport is saying f u Houston that would be perfect for Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, every every sport needs a good villain, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been the Patriots mm-hmm. for a long time in the NFL, but I got a buddy that lives in Houston, um, and he is a huge Astros fan, and he's like, hell yeah, screw them all, man. We're going to, we're going to the <laughs> World Series. We're going to beat everybody. And so, look, it's like, uh, it's like if you get a birdie uh, on a golf hole, what do you got to do the next hole? You got to validate it with at least a par. Sean's never done that in his life, but... Uh, I'll tell you what, it, it, it's it's tough to validate it. And the Astros are trying to validate those World Series that they won. So um, I, I got a lot of respect for it, man. What they've been through, the adversity that they've gone through this year. Of course, they're cheaters. They're cheaters. Flat out, they got caught cheating. They're not but they're year. still a good baseball team. They're not they're, cheating this year. No. no. They're not cheating this year. Um, so it's it's impressive. They're validating those, those World Series runs that they made. And even with the, uh, you know, the cheating scandal, it's, it's impressive. And ultimately, we saw the tensions run hot earlier in the season when these two teams met during the regular season. Imagine what the tension is going to be when a world championship is on the line if these two teams do ultimately meet in the World Series. I don't like it for the long-term health of the game, but man, in the short term, it would be uh, it would be must-see TV. And, and re- Coming and up real, next. Real quick, though, Chris, how good is this Dodgers team? If you were to project, oh, uh, very good, very good to, is the answer. Yeah, if you were to project the winning total on the of the sixty-game short season, I think it was what top three all time that this team would have if you played out one hundred and sixty-two and projected out. Uh, they had the, not bad at the baseball. This LA team, not bad no, at the baseball. No, not not bad at the baseball at all. And they uh, they have a pretty good uh, center fielder who made a big, unbelievable catch last night to help them uh, win a baseball game. Coming up next on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone, Tom Brady in his career, he's joined a lot of elite company. But by the time his career is over, 
Could he join the wrong kind of company? We'll get into it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Schubert, let me tell you about Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951, a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. They got 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, 17 brands. Doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west. Wherever you're at in the valley, Earnhardt's got you covered with that new vehicle you've had your eye on for so long. And with the current time, social distancing, the Noble Express option at noble.com can make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from right there in your home. Don't even have to leave your front door. They'll bring a vehicle to you, Schubert, to test drive right to your front door. From the financial application to the delivery of the new vehicle, once you make your purchase, you, you don't even have to leave your home. It's Noble Express at Noble.com. It's another way Earnhardt's commitment to world-class service and low prices that just absolutely cannot be beat. The Earnhardt name, as you know, is a no, the name you can trust. 68-year commitment they've made from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Sean, you think that's where that's where Jordan just went? The Noble Express there? To may, may, have a, may have a car to, to test drive right now. Maybe brought to yeah. the Noble Express option at Noble.com. Yeah, he's done it a couple times, actually. <laughs> I don't know if he's actually in the market or he just wants to test drive some of the new rides that they'll bring to him. So uh, maybe, maybe that's where that's he's not, at right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned it uh, there in the tease, and we talked about it at the top of the show. The, the latest week in the NFL kicked off last night with the, uh, the Bucks falling to the Bears. And, Sean, you have a pretty interesting conversation that you'd like the group to have. I'll, a lot of the names on this list uh, are names that I, I were, were playing when you were like my age. So I'll, <laughs> I'll let you kind of set of the stage for this one. When we talk about Tom Brady and maybe his legacy and how he's remembered. Well, listen, people are asking whether or not, and Jordan just did it, you know, in the previous segment. Are we starting to see the decline of Tom Brady? And I think that conversation's a little bit premature. I mean, one week ago, the dude threw five touchdowns, right? Like, he's still able to play the game at a high level. But father time is on the doorstep. There's, there's no doubt, you know. And then the, the visual, the visual we all now have of him holding up the four fingers, like, wait a minute, it's, it's, it's fourth down now. The visual we have. I thought of, about teasing this as segment three instead of segment two, but I didn't know if the joke would have landed very well. <laughs> but the visual we have, right, of him now holding up the four fingers, like, mm-hmm. I still have another down. So people are starting to question whether or not, you know, his, he's still firing on all cylinders. Listen, he is. He's fine right now. But if this does turn sideways, I mean, what are the Bucks now? Three and two? Say they mm-hmm. continue to struggle in an NFC South division that you're still up against the Saints. The Panthers are more game than I think a lot of people expected them to be. You know, it's not a cakewalk there in the NFC South. If this does end up in a situation where they, let's say they don't make the postseason, or, you know, they, they, they get, maybe they make it into the new wild card round of the NFL and get bounced in one, in one game. You know, what's the narrative going to be? And I started to think of other players that have made similar changes like Tom Brady has. You know, Joe Namath ending his career with the Rams. That's your boy, right? Broadway mm-hmm. Joe, your New York Jets fan. Uh, Johnny Yu. Was a, was a charger at one time. Emmett Smith here locally, watching him run for the Arizona Cardinals, just felt odd, just felt weird and wrong. And like it just, you know, it just, it didn't, it ultimately didn't turn into anything. And it just felt like a money grab at times. Thurman Thomas was a dolphin. Jerry Rice was a Seahawk. Are we going to look at Tom Brady if this, and again, this is an if right now because I'm not ready to say the man can't play anymore like some were doing on the, the network, to, you know, uh, debate shows this morning but if this goes in a situation where the Tampa Bay Bucks don't make a run do we look at Tom Brady long term like we look at those names on the list I just gave you 
uh, and this is not a very you know good radio podcast answer. It depends, right? It depends on how he looks over the course of right now the two years that we anticipate him spending in Tampa. That's the contract that he signed there. He's going to play out those two years, and from there we don't know. But, Sean, I, I think the way I'm looking at this, and again, we have a five-game sample size of him being out of New England where he spent his entire career. It, it's a little unfair. I'm not saying you're doing this, but just in general, to overreact to a five-game sample size. Right. He's he's been in New England his whole life. He know he's been doing things a certain way, playing the position a certain way. He goes to a totally different coach, a totally different climate, a new city, a new way to play the game. It's different. It takes time. Oh, also, let's add in the fact that he makes this change in the middle of a global pandemic and doesn't get a training camp and doesn't get a, a regular preseason. and doesn't get the ramp up that he's been used to his entire career. Right. Here's the other thing I will add to say that I don't think we're down this path right now. This team's lost two games to start the year. They lost to the Saints on opening weekend, and they lost this game on Thursday night. In either of those games, it's not Tom Brady's fault they lost the game, right? I can point to other things that were problems, right? The offensive line didn't protect Brady in that game last night. The defense couldn't come up with a big turnover in that game last night. That first game against the Saints, he made some big-time throws in that football game. It's not all on him. If this was Peyton Manning, Denver Broncos, where his arm looks like Swiss cheese, and he's not making throws, and drives are stalling out, it's different. Uh, that that first week, he had a pick six. He had another bad interception over the middle that you could make the argument wasn't on him, that it may have been on Evans and just not being on the same page. Um, but that first week was, was an awful lot on Tom Brady as well. But, again, first game, no training camp like you just mentioned. I think it's, you know, it's hard to really blame him or that offense overall for that loss against the Saints. I'm just saying you can see certain things that, that I – I mentioned to you a second ago, I'm not ready to write him off or say that he's on a mm-hmm. major de- major decline, but I understand the arguments of the people who are starting to lean that way. And again, it's the visual of last night. And for those watching, you know, not watching, just listening on the, on the audio version of this podcast, the visual of him holding up the four fingers like I am right now going, wait, 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 what do I have another, another down? You know, the, that is just a, that's a bad visual. It's not, it's, and that's what that's going to be burned into the minds of people. And if this goes in a way where the like the Bucks don't make a postseason run, like I mentioned, I think people will start to lean on. Well, he kind of looks like Joe Namath with the Rams and Johnny U with the Chargers. He kind of looks like that. You know what I mean? Kind of looks like a like an all time great going to a new team, and it's just kind of hanging on. You know, kind of it, it, that visual is going to be burned into people's minds, and I think you're going to get people that. I, you know, are, are leaning that way until they prove otherwise, until he proves otherwise. Right. And ultimately, right, take this out of the equation. Take this five games and having this specific conversation about comparing him to all of these other players who have done this. Just the idea of him moving from New England to any other city was a big question mark because the argument was always going to be, well, if one of the two of Brady or Belichick succeeds and the other doesn't, then you're going to see the narrative of, oh, see, they didn't, you know, they didn't need the other guy. The other guy was was the less valuable one. That this conversation was going to happen. It was just the way it was going to be framed. Right now, we're framing it in. It looks like Tom Brady, to some, might be looking like some of the players that you just mentioned, Sean. Looking like a guy that's past his prime, trying to hang on, going to another city. Now, I'm nowhere near willing to do that yet. I don't think I'll be willing to do that at any point here this season. I one. think the earliest I'll be able to do this is year two. If you were to, let's have okay, let's have the way too early debate. Uh, now that we're at the quarter, the quarter pole, and the Bucks are actually past it, the quarter pole mm-hmm. of the National Football League season. Um, 
Who's who's having the better go without the other, Coach Belichick or Tom Brady? I, this is – I don't think it's an easy answer. I really don't. I, I think last week I thought I would have said the answer was Tom Brady. Right? I thought they looked. I thought he looked pretty impressive against the Chargers, throwing five touchdowns to five different receivers and making a comeback. Right, but after this game, I don't know. Now New England's been dealing with a whole host of things up there that Tampa hasn't dealt with during this season. So I think it's. I think I'd say Brady right now would be my answer, but I don't think it's. I disagree. I, I don't know. I would disagree completely. You're talking about a a Patriots team that had what seven or eight opt out before the year started right? Seven or eight. You brought in Cam Newton, mind you, even after teams were able to do virtual camp, he got to the Patriots after all of that, right? He got there mm-hmm. later than even, even the, the, you know, the, the awkward postseason we had or off or preseason we had, he got there after many camps that were virtual and everything. He had even less time to get ready. And he looks more like the old cam this year than he has in years with, with the Patriots uh, to the point where they probably win that game at Arrowhead if he's playing. Bill Belichick has this team not missing a beat. Not missing a beat. And, Jordan, I see the face. Let's not get crazy. Let's not get Let's crazy. Thank you. Crazy. Thank well, you, did, Jordan. Did, did thank you, you. Did you watch that game? Did you watch how they didn't score points at the end of the first half by taking a sack with no yes. timeouts left? Did you see the interceptions that were thrown? They probably they were there to win that football game in, in Arrowhead against the Chiefs if Cam Newton is in that football game. I don't even think that's arguable. Yeah, I, really I agree. But they didn't, Sean. But they I, didn't win I the agree. game. Here, no, but what? But the argument here, here's right now. Here's something that you're not looking at. Here's something that you're not thinking about. Is that the Chiefs, being one of the top three best teams in the NFL right now, were going having a team travel them travel to them on game day, and then have no Cam Newton. They're playing Brian Hoyer. They're going. They're walking into this game going. This is a cakewalk. This is a cakewalk. And they they didn't show up very you know in the first half. They didn't show up. They're, they're, and Bill Belichick's obviously a great coach. He's the greatest of all time for a reason. So he puts a good game plan together defensively, um, you know, makes, makes Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. And then defensively for the Chiefs, they're, they're saying, we're playing Brian Hoyer and the Patriots. Julian Edelman's our best receiver. This is going to be easy. This is going to be nothing. So they, they weren't in the game ready to go. And I think it's different if Cam Newton and company roll in there when they're supposed to. I think that team is is a, a little bit more up in their, you know, they're on their, they're doing their deal. They're in their rhythm. Uh, I just think it's different if Cam Newton's their starter mentally for them. Sure. But I think you're, I think you're making my point for you, for me. Uh, Cause the discussion we were having was who's, who's further ahead in proving that they can live without the other Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. Uh, and right now I would have to say Bill Belichick and the way that they've been able to transition that offense to something completely different to, to cater to Cam's skill set, to have the defense have eight, what is it? Seven or eight players that opted out. Uh, and still be able to perform at a very high level and give team fits. Um, right now, I, I mean, I know you said, Schubert, you said Tom Brady. For mm-hmm. me, it's not even close. It's, it's, it's Bill Belichick. I mean, they reinvented that football team in an offseason that they didn't have. Like, th- that to me is insane. If at the quarter pole of the NFL season, we're asking who's further ahead and proving they can live without the other, and I'm, I'm guessing both can prove that they can live without the other. Tom hasn't had a bad season by any means at this point. Uh, but who's 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 maybe having the upper hand in terms of that? Who who's who has the better deal here at the quarter pole? For me, it's Belichick by far. I mean, that what they've been able to do with that team, no offseason, new quarterback, you name it. I think 50 percent, only 50 percent of their offensive snaps returned from last year 
without a training camp and a new quarterback, and they're still playing good football. Like that is that to me is extremely impressive. They're a 500 football team. That's in this in this business, it's wins and losses, and they're a 500 football team, and and they're not playing the way that the the Bucks have been able to play. Now, last night, that's in that's way? on everybody. In right? what way? Explain that, because in what way? I, I've watched a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team with with a new coach because they've had the same stuff that you're saying that the Patriots have. They didn't have an off season and they made all these changes and they've gone out there and they've looked impressive on offense. They had Tom Brady, who's without one of his better receivers, go out there and throw touchdown passes to five different targets. They've lost their star running back and have been moving pieces around. They've had a rookie play on the offensive line and shut down Joey Bosa. They have played extremely well, and Tom Brady, when he's gotten that protection, has looked really good. It's why they're 3-2. and two. It's why they looked good in those three games that they played up until last night where everything fell apart for them. So that's why I'm more comfortable saying Brady because I've seen it. They're passing the eye test. When they're playing these games, whereas New England, yeah, they are. I think they are. <laughs> they're passing the eye test by falling down by 20 to a team starting a rookie quarterback without their top three defenders in the, in the Chargers two weeks ago. They're passing the eye test by not being able to move the football last night against the Chicago Bears. Good defense, I get it, but still not being able to move the football. Uh, pick six is multiple to this point. Losing to a Saints team, that's clearly not what people have uh, expected them to be coming into the season, and they're passing the eye test? Yeah, I, I think they are because, you know we what, they're getting eyes. the job done. They're winning football eyes. games, right? You, you, wanted to, you wanted to give all the credit in the world to the New England Patriots. Oh, they went up there and they battled with, uh, with, with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. They almost won that game. Well, guess what? Almost doesn't work in the NFL. You have to win, and that's what the, the Bucks did against the Chargers. They won a game that they, they should have blown the doors off of that team. Right? They should have absolutely blown the doors off of the team, but they didn't, but they found a way to win. I'm not excusing last night. Last night's bad. It's why we're having the conversation that we're having right now. And if they continue to play like that, my answer will change. Who else my answer will England, become Belichick. Who else did New England lose to? They lost on the road at Seattle, and they were two yards away from winning that football game. But they, they didn't, lost, Sean. They, lost, they didn't. They lost, if you want to they, give Belichick all this credit that he's better, he would win the game. They, that's I, I'm completely that's, with Sean on this one. Chris, you're acting like you're acting like everything is the same. They're like the the competition level doesn't change, and it's not different if you're playing, you know, the Chiefs at Arrowhead or the Chargers at home. That is that's that's just that's idiotic. You have to take in the you have to take in the uh, the 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 uh, the factors that you're playing more difficult competition and coming up just short. Like the the when people say, well, they they didn't win the game, so a loss is a loss. That's not even remotely close to being true losing on the road at arrowhead by you know you know they wound up losing by 16 but they were in that football game uh losing on the road to arrowhead is completely different completely different than losing or be or 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 playing a chargers team at home like there's there's apples and oranges you can't even compare the two you can't even compare the two you had a patriots team that went on the road to play what people think right now might be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl and lost by two yards. You had a you had a Patriots team that went on the road against Kansas City and was a couple of bonehead plays by a backup quarterback away from maybe upsetting the Super Bowl champs last year. You can't compare those two losses to a game against the Chargers with a rookie quarterback. You just can't. It just it doesn't make any sense. Jordan, for you, and you and you jumped into this conversation a, a little late, but I'll wrap it back to what we were talking about at the beginning. 
is because of, of last night's game, and, and Sean mentioned the mental image of Brady throwing up the four and, and looking like you know he didn't know what down it was, thought he had one more play. And Sean put out a whole list of different players that went to new teams and looked like they were just hanging on. They were just kind of biding time, getting the payday, and it just felt weird. It felt different. We're five games in, right? We're only five games in. Do you feel that we're either already there or we're going down that path with Brady? I, I think it's still too early to tell. I think uh, I think he's looked good and he's he's not looked great at times. You know, he's he's looked like old Tom Brady and he's looked mediocre. But I think that's the NFL. Look, everybody in the NFL can play. Everybody plays. And sometimes the other team makes good plays. Tom Brady had bad mm-hmm. games when he was in New England. I mean, he's going to have bad games. It's just it's just how the NFL is. You're not going to be uh, great every single Even Patrick Mahomes, he had a bad game this year. I mean, like, it happens. You have bad games. The, the Chiefs against the Chargers, they, they played a bad game offensively, and they still were able to go win that game. But uh, this is the NFL. And as you said, Sean, Father Time is knocking on the door, but I think it's still a year or two until he's he's, he's actually done. Um, so I... I, I'm gonna agree with Sean though. I think I think Belichick has shown that he is, you know, he he is the most important factor. I mean, coaching is so important, and what he's done with that New England team that had seven or eight guys opt out with a new st- uh, starting quarterback in Cam Newton, who never has played to the style of Bill Belichick, and for Belichick's defense to still be doing what they're doing against the Chiefs, against the Chargers, to to be battling against to go to Seattle at CenturyLink in that stadium and and play a Seattle Seahawks team that is going to be a Super Bowl caliber football team. I mean, it it's impressive what the the Patriots have been able to do and I'm I'm a, you know, I'm still a big fan of Bill Belichick for that reason. And the New England Patriots have been dealing with something over the last couple of weeks, and their game this week has already been moved as they are trying to get cleared with some positive tests. We had Stephon Gilmore test positive after the game uh, against the Chiefs. Today, guys, the team that we talk about here on this show, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they're dealing with it with the New York Jets having, uh, having their players get sent home because of positive tests. This NFL protocol is really starting to get tested uh, no pun intended, over the last couple of weeks, and specifically within, I would say, the last 7 to 12 days. And we were talking in our pre-show meeting today about this protocol in general. And I think, and if either of you disagree, jump in, but I think I'm the one on the show that's most critical of the NFL and what they're doing here. Would that be a fair uh, statement by me? Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Okay. I think we'll, yeah. You are most yeah. critical. Well, you want to get into it. Now. I am most critical. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because, and I'll rephrase my point. I think I mentioned it a little bit on the Wednesday show, and I'll, I'll, I'll reemphasize it here. The NFL, and let me preface this by saying, I, I, there was not an expectation that there was going to be no positive tests and the NFL wasn't going to have to deal with stuff like this. That was fool's gold, right? That, that's living in a fantasy world that doesn't exist. If you weren't going to put these teams in a bubble – or at least put each team in their own bubble and then have them travel, you were going to run into problems like this. But the NFL got the luxury, and it is a luxury that they got. They got to watch Major League Baseball try to do this. And they got to watch Major League Baseball deal with outbreaks on teams, first in Miami and then in St. Louis. They got to watch firsthand how Major League Baseball got to deal with their scheduling. 
And there was a big benefit to the NFL that they're not playing games every day the way Major League Baseball is, right? They're not playing five, six games a week. They have a game, and they're seven days before that team's going to play again. That's a benefit to what they were doing. Yet, here we are. We're into week five of the NFL season, and the schedule is already starting to become a problem. Now, listen, the protocol itself if you're going to give the teams the protocols and you're going to have these rules that are signed off by doctors and medical officials and the players and teams don't choose to follow them, there really isn't anything the NFL can do to make them follow them other than starting to punish teams, right? They can't like go in there and just keep an eye on everybody because, again, you're not in a bubble. But the schedule, the way that they designed the schedule, I feel like they had the luxury to see Major League Baseball go through this, and yet they didn't set themselves up for success here. Well, we're all assuming that they're being uh, reactive instead of proactive. Um, what if the uh, option to play football games on Monday and Tuesday was the plan coming into the season? Because I'm going to ask you this, Chris. How many football games have the, uh, has the NFL lost? Technically, right now, only one. They haven't lost a football game yet. They, have not well, lost they lost the game. They had to move it. It hasn't been played yet, so but it's technically lost right now. They have not lost a football game yet. They have not lost a single one. The game that was moved is going to be played in Week 7. It's on the schedule. They have not lost a football game yet as we sit here and talk on, on Friday morning. Not a single game has been lost. So it's, it's hard for me to sit here and say the National Football League doesn't have proper protocols in place when they haven't lost a single game. Not, not a single thing has been lost from the season, Right. So, and we also don't know what the National Football League, what their plans were coming into the season. I'm guessing their plans were that they had a certain amount of hours that they wanted negative tests before they played a football game or a way to sequester people for a certain amount of hours and test those people before a football game. And that's why you're seeing games played on Mondays and Tuesdays. That was probably their plan coming into the year. And so far, they have not lost a football game. So, so far, their plan is working and who's to say that they don't already have a plan in place that if they wind up losing football games they can simply eliminate the week break between the conference championship games and the super bowl and they can create a week 18 to place football games who's to say that that's not already in place as a as a as a plan for the national football league like we don't know we're seeing it get dicey and we're seeing it become difficult for us to go wait a minute we're where the hell did the Patriots-Broncos game get moved to? You know, us as fans are seeing it get, get confusing in a certain amount, of, you know, a certain nature, and we're assuming they don't have a plan. Doesn't mean the NFL doesn't have a plan. I don't think they're being as reactionary as some people believe they are. I think playing games on Monday and Tuesday was always going to be an option for the NFL coming into this. Roger Goodell said it in multiple, multiple memos and press releases. If you know that that uh, it, it was to be expected that they were going to have positive tests, so for him to have said that as many times as he did in memos, and then to just assume that they won't, well, we know it's going to come, but we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to put anything in place for it. I don't believe that's the case. I believe the NFL is not nearly as reactionary on this as people might believe they are at this point. I couldn't agree more. I I think uh, there's a lot of smart people involved at the top of the league, whether it's the commissioners or the owners. The owners have made themselves successful, um, you know, through business or whatever to be able to buy those franchises or you know, to be a part of them. There's a lot of smart people involved in this decision making. Um, and so I'm with you, Sean, on this. I think that they're not very reactionary as, as though it sometimes it seems they are. 
I think that there is a plan in place for, for, you know, the worst scenarios and, um, you know, but as we talked about on our last show, um, it's almost impossible to, uh, figure out a solution for every single problem that could arise. You know, uh, for example, the, the team, the, the Titans holding their own practice when they were told not to, like, that's not something that they foresaw. So, um, they're, they're going to have to, to work on the, on the run here a little bit and, you know, I, I think they're doing a good job so far. As you said, they haven't lost a game. Haven't lost a game yet. When they get to a point where they're losing games, there's gonna, that, that's when a can of worms gets opened up on multiple levels. Because from a player's standpoint, if I have built-in incentives in my contract, if I, have, if I hit, let's just say, you know, 3,500 yards passing as a quarterback, or if I hit 1,200 yards receiving or rushing and I've got an escalator in my contract – I'm going to have a big issue if I end up losing a football game this year and not able to play it. Furthermore, uh, there's reports this morning out of ESPN that if a game gets forfeited, say you're the Buffalo Bills and the Titans and Bills game gets forfeited due to what the Titans have done, the Buffalo Bills players, as part of the original agreement, don't get a paycheck that week. Do you think... That they're just going to be, you know, the, the Players Association is just going to be cool with allowing games to be forfeited and not moved and not finding places to play these football games. It nope. ain't happening. They're going to find a way to play these football games. And that was a discussion we had back in the in the offseason that the NFL more than likely is going to do what the NFL won't. They're, they're going to push through this and find a way to make it work. Uh, not that it's going to be easy. Not that they're not going to have any problems or hurdles to get over. But the money that's on the line of the National Football League, the ratings that the National Football League gets, it's different than the other three. It just is. So you're, you're, they were going to find a way to make this work, and I still believe they will. And, I, and again, I don't, I don't believe they're being as reactionary as it may seem. We in the media and as, a, and as fans, we, didn't, we just didn't have the game plan. So for us, it feels reactionary. I don't believe it is. I, I don't believe it is. There's too much money on the line in every single one of these football games for them to just simply be reactionary. I think the, the, the situation is we, as fans, we just didn't have the game plan. So we are reacting on the fly. The NFL isn't. Yeah, and I think the, where I would disagree with you guys, and, and you very well might be right, that the NFL had all of these contingency plans in place and that this is just the standard operating procedure that they had when the season started, and this is what they, they designed to, to, for it to be. I just don't trust this league that has been – that has been reactionary to almost every single thing under this commissioner that has gone wrong. They are constantly behind the eight ball with things. They are constantly being reactionary. They are constantly having to wait until after the fact with things, right? I mean, deflate gate was a disaster and they just felt like they were constantly behind the eight ball. I mean, the Ray Rice stuff, the Adrian Peterson stuff. I, I mean, I can go back with this commissioner they're a little bit behind the eight ball at times. So that's where my nervousness comes in when I look at this and I say, I got examples of this office not doing things and being in front. You're talking, and I'd, like, I'd hope to think that they are for this. You're talking about punishments for players, individual players, and instances that they couldn't see coming, opposed to a pandemic that they had set out in front of them for months so it's, it's different. Like, yes, does it seem like they're reactionary in a lot of those moments you just mentioned? Absolutely. Did the league have time to prepare for Tom Brady, the game's biggest star, to potentially be cheating the game? No. Did the, did the NFL have time 
to be ready for a, 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 a star running back to find his way into a domestic violence situation that was just one of the worst things we've seen from a pro athlete on, on videotape? No, they didn't. Uh, it, you know, this is different. This is a pandemic that they had months, months to get ready for. We're, yeah. we're, we're foolish if we believe they don't have a game plan on paper for situations. Like Jordan mentioned earlier, though, there's no game plan for all of them. But for what we've seen so far, positive tests with teams, teams that have an outbreak within their locker room, we are foolish to believe that they don't have a game plan. We just don't have the game plan, so we all react as if it's, if it's reactionary. But it's not. Preach. They, they have a game plan set in, in place. And until, okay. you start, until you start losing football games and it looks like the league is going, oh, what do we do? You know, at, at, at once, if you get to that point, all right, now we have this conversation. But the National Football League, it, it, there's too much money on the line for them to not prepare for a pandemic that they had months to prepare for. Let me, let me end it with this, and I'll ask this question to both of you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, don't know how far this will go, but I, I think it's a, it's a fair question to ask. If I believe you, if I agree with you that the NFL has this game plan, is it really that difficult to share it with everybody? Is they it really to? that difficult? Why do they have to share it? because we're dealing with a global pandemic and I think everybody wants to know if everything is being, you know, followed according to the plan, right? I mean, Major League Baseball had months and months of meetings with the Players Association and the owners to release their 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 safety guidelines and what they were going to do and they told everybody and they still had issues. They still had scheduling things. They changed right. things in the middle of the season. So why wouldn't you at least give everybody a baseline to work off of and say, "Hey, this is what our tentative plan is." And like you said, Jordan, if things do go awry, okay, we'll adjust the plan, but here's the plan that we're trying to work off of. Yeah. Whereas when you don't, when you don't, and everything's behind closed doors, people like me are going to be like, oh, they're being reactionary because they have nothing else to go off of. Right, let me ask you this, Schubert. If North Korea nuked the USA, would you have, after that, would you have said, well, why didn't we get a plan on what we were going to do? When North Korea nuked us, I would have liked to known which, uh, you know, if I was going to go Army or Navy, where I was going to be selected. It doesn't work like that. Like, so now the NFL is my get... enemy? The, the no, NFL I'm is just, the, the most dangerous just, threat on earth? What saying, are we talking no, about here? No, shut up, it's shut the up, National Football League, Jordan. <laughs> I, okay. I'm you can't put you a PDF example. on a website? Like, what are we talking about here? Well, Chris, listen to me. I, I'm giving you an example. Just because a bad you want one, something yeah. doesn't mean that you deserve it. Doesn't yes. mean that you deserve it. Right? Why do you, Why does the NFL have to give Chris plans on a pandemic or Joe Schmo fan? They don't. Yeah, it's the NFL. This isn't. Yes. This isn't our. You know, this isn't our government that's got to give us a plan on the pandemic. No, it's it's the NFL. They're an organization. They have a lot of smart people involved. They have they have different contingency plans placed, guaranteed without question. And it's ridiculous to think that we deserve some type of explanation on what they're going to do. With the pandemic, they've been pretty open about what they're doing regardless. But to ask them for every single contingency plan that they may have, hey, all right, well, if 20 or more players get test positive, then we're going to go to this. And my, my point being is that we don't deserve an explanation. We just have to trust that they're going to be doing the right thing. I think we I think we always we just you know, a lot of times fans believe that Adam Schefter gets his hands on every memo that the league sends to teams. And that's just not the case. Like we didn't find out exactly what they told the Tennessee Titans after they originally tested positive on September 24th and had to shut down their facility. We didn't know that the NFL told every single player in that locker room and every single member of that organization, you can't get together off site. We didn't know that. We found that out this week. 
So it, how many things are discussed behind closed doors that we don't know and we don't need to know as fans and as media members is, is, is probably a hell of a lot more than we will ever A lot. Ever and that's everything out. in the NFL. That's yes. everything in the NFL. Whether it's, it's play or it's their, uh, you know, I, I, when I was with the Seahawks, we were not allowed to tell anything to the media that was going on inside the building. I mean, it, it's just known. You don't, you don't talk about what's going on inside that building, whether it's a game plan or, you know, uh, who, who's, whose ankles bothering them this week. If Russell Wilson's knees a little sore, why is he in the cool? I mean, it's like you don't talk about that stuff. And the NFL can play their car, cards close to the vest. And if something happens, I'm sure you'll see what their plan is. I'm just incredibly confused. I'm not asking for nuclear codes. I'm just asking for somebody <laughs> to come out and say, this is what Do you understand what's, what we, I'm saying, though? I get what you're trying to say, Jordan, I, yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? If if North Korea bombed the U.S. and then after the president said, all right, this is what we're doing, and then that's like you going to the government and being like, why didn't you guys give us this plan before so we would know what's going to happen? It's like, no, man, shit happens. You got to, where there's plans in place, let the people handle it that are put in charge to handle it. And again, I will point out that the people that have been put in charge to handle this don't necessarily handle these things well. They don't what handle their PR these, very well. These things? Like, when do we had? When have we had one of these things before? When have we had a pandemic that the NFL had three months to prepare for? When did we have this before? This is new. This is brand new. The thi- the, all, the right. inst- all the instances that people want to bring up about the NFL being reactionary are so different than what this situation is posing that you can't even compare the two. You can't tell me that the NFL's reaction to a player, player's off-field conduct or a player maybe intentionally deflating footballs has anything to do with how that league is going to react with a three-month advance on a pandemic. Like it's, it's completely different, and we've never seen them react to something like this before. So we don't know if they're reactionary or if they're, or if they're uh, uh, you know, out in front of situations. We don't, we don't know because we've never seen them be in this situation before. But the NFL to this point has not lost a single football game. And I'm guessing that the idea of playing games on Monday and Tuesday, and I will almost guarantee this, that if you were going to make NFL players play on Tuesday, that the NFL PA said, we're good with that. And that didn't take place this week. That okay from the NFL PA didn't take place this week. You couldn't just move an NFL football game to a Tuesday and tell the NFL PA, tough, deal with it. That was talked about and agreed on before this season started. So that is a plan that's been in place, not a plan that they came up with yesterday and then called the NFL PA and said, hey, check this out. We need you guys to move this game to Tuesday. No, that's not how those things work. This was a plan that was put in place preseason that should we have issues, we're going to play games on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then we'll figure out the backside of it to move a game maybe to a Monday if we have to, to make sure we give you the minimum five days between football games, So, which they also did. They moved the Bills game that was set to play on Thursday back to a regular Sunday because they had to move their game up this week. So those are plans that you can't just spring on a players association. Those were plans that were discussed months ago, months ago. Guarantee it. Well, for now, we're still playing football, and we're moving games around, and we, I guess we'll just have to see if this continues to become a problem with more teams, how the NFL chooses to, to pivot and handle this and deal with the schedule. So since there is football still going on, guys, I have a very important question that I want you both to answer next. 
which of the current undefeated teams in the National Football League is the scariest team, the team that you think is most likely to unseat the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs? You'll answer that next on No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Hey, Jordan, let's tell Schubert there a little bit about Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951. Oh, I'll, I'll gladly do it. Proud partner of No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, 17 brands. Doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west. Wherever you're at in the valley, Earnhardt has you covered with that new vehicle you have your eyes on. And with the current times of social distancing, you can sit right there in your home office with your Seattle Seahawks helmet on and jump on nobull.com like Jordan Simone is doing right now if you're watching the visual of this program. nobull.com, click on the Noble Express option and do the entire buying process from right there in your home looking like a weirdo wearing a Seattle Seahawks helmet in his own office at his house. They'll bring a vehicle to you to test drive at your home. I suggest taking the helmet off when they get there, Jordan, but you do you. Uh, you can do the financial <laughs> op- you can do the financial application. They'll deliver your ride to you once you make your purchase right there at your house. Never have to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that can't be beat. The Earnhardt name is a name you know you can trust. I've lived here my entire life, that's for sure. A 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. Gentlemen, that ain't no bull. I'm just surprised he could hear us with the headphones over the helmet. I'm just surprised he could hear you do the live read. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can hear Can you do the rest of the show like that? You know what? I would, but it's not the most comfortable thing to have on your head um, <laughs> while while talking. Uh, but the, I, well, you know what? You know what? Keep, yeah, wait, keep the helmet again. on because I think it's the answer. To, it's your answer to the question. So I'll just skip you. You can just give me a side profile of the helmet, and then we'll count that as your answer. Uh, because I think Jordan Simone's answer to which current undefeated team uh, is the scariest team to unseat the Chiefs is going to be the Seattle. No, 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 no. Your team's not an option, Sean. Your team isn't an option. They are not on my list here. That's what I'm talking about. Let me get my ear buddy. Hey, the Raiders aren't 4-0, Sean. Yeah, the Raiders aren't on the list, Sean. What? They're not on the list. Yeah, they're not on the list. Who's the scariest team to unseat the Chiefs? Right, undefeated team. Oh, Undefeated team. So yeah. take that helmet off because you can't hear us. You're going to destroy your whole setup. And then I'll ask you the question first, and then I'll let Simone go on a rant at the tail end here. And I'll give okay. you the five teams that are the undefeateds here in the National Football League. The Bills, Steelers, Titans, Packers, Seahawks, Sean Crespin. Which one of those should scare the Chiefs the most? I'll tell you this. Uh, it, it's kind of a toss-up for me. It's hard for me to say – that the uh, you know a, a team like Seattle should be the team that's going to upset the Chiefs or, or unseat the Chiefs should they meet up in the Super Bowl of our undefeated teams because the defense right now just isn't a Super Bowl winning defensive unit. It's just not. Sorry, defensive back Jordan Simone who played for the Seattle Seahawks for a minute. They just aren't, right? So it, it, until they can get that unit right, Russell Wilson, as great as he is, going to have a hard time carrying a football team all the way through the postseason and then and then get, say getting to the Super Bowl and unseating the Chiefs so I'm going to look at a couple of teams that can play a little defense even your even the Packers as amazing as that offense has been right now don't play enough defense for me I think underrated the Chiefs can play a little defense and people don't talk about that but the Bills at 4-0 if they meet up in the postseason 
That's going to be an interesting oh, conversation. It. Oh, they can, stop they can it. Play what are you deep. doing? We're they doing this already? Come on. on. Listen to me. They Just can, stop it. They can play a little defense. And oh, Josh they beat Allen, the Jets. And oh, Josh Allen's, Josh Allen's pretty legit. And then, and and then we'll they, they, the they blew a lead to the Rams and had but, to make a miraculous but comeback. Here's, here's my answer, gentlemen. And, no, and I've been on this team since the offseason. The Pittsburgh Steelers can get – the Pittsburgh Steelers can bring a defense that can be that, that can keep you in a football game against a high-powered offense like the Chiefs. They can get after the quarterback. They have a they have a sack per uh, pass attempt percentage of 14 right now, which is a which is a, a statistic that they led the National Football League in last year as well. They're three and zero, and Big Ben just has to be mediocre, Big Ben, to keep them in football games, especially late in the season cold weather you can take that defense on the road if you have to and be in a football game if i'm going to look at these five teams here of the undefeateds in the national football league not named kansas city and who is the scariest see what we did there it's october who's the scariest team for the kansas city chiefs that steelers defense with big ben and that offense maybe finding their rhythm that's a scary sight in the postseason gentlemen that's a scary so your hope is that you your, can take your, this. Your one. hope is that the Steelers maybe find an offensive rhythm. That's your hope. Their offense is fine at this point. Fine, just fine. When you have a defense yeah. you can bring to the table, put it this way: their defense is their front seven is probably on par or maybe even better than the Chicago Bears one you saw last night. But they're not bringing nineteen and twenty points to the table. You know what I mean? Big Ben can they can with Juju and Ben. Uh, you can run the football there as well. I'm telling you. I mean, people can keep sleeping on them. That's fine. That's a good football team in Pittsburgh, a really good football team. I, I'm not saying that they're not a good football team, but aren't the Steelers and the Bills supposed to play each other this week or something? Or did their game get postponed? No. I don't know. But no. <laughs> one of them's going. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, NFL. Thanks them, for the answers on that one. One of them's going to get a, a, a loss here. Here's, here's my thing. Yes, the Seattle Seahawks defense has looked iffy at times. They've also looked really good at times. Last week, Jamal Adams was out. He's an absolute superstar. The week before, Quandre Diggs was out in the first quarter for helmet-to-helmet contact. Their secondary is solid. Their secondary is really good. From Quandre Diggs to Jamal Adams to uh, Shaq Griffin, I mean, they, they've, they've, got, they've got a secondary that can play. It's Simone. about putting it together, right? right? And let me say this. I've played DB with no pass rush, and it's freaking tough. It's mm-hmm. hard to cover for eight seconds. It's really hard. And so they need some help on their D-line. But guess what they went? They went and got Snacks Harrison. They went and got old Snacks. They signed him this week. That's going to help them. That's going to help them clog the middle of that defensive line, Get up, help those, free up some of those other pass rushers. Then you talk about the offense, what Russell Wilson has done in the first four games, tied for most touchdown passes in league history with Peyton mm-hmm. Manning. Put some respect on his name. You talk about let Russell Wilson cook. The dude is cooking. He's on fire. And DK Metcalf looks good. He drops a ball a game or does some stupid early (laughs) touchdown celebration and costs him a TD. But he's learning. He's growing. He's maturing. He's on pace to have a, a Pro Bowl year. Russell Wilson can spread the ball out. Tyler Lockett's healthy for the first time. Chris Mm. Carson, if he can stay healthy, Mm -hmm. their offensive line's better. Mm. They're going to score points. They're going to be in every single game because of Russell Wilson. Their defense is going to get better. And also, you talk about a well-coached team. Shut up. Let me finish. A well-coached team. (laughs) Pete Carroll is one of the best coaches in the league. He's a Hall of Famer. He's up there with Bill Belichick. I mean, Uh what they do year in and year out. And I didn't even talk about... K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner, 
the, the anchor of that defense. Yeah. The Just anchor. Give me a break, sure. man. The, How the, can you say that the Steelers? All I are heard, the best Jordan. All I heard was That's what they're ridiculous. going to hey. do, not what they're currently right. doing. And I'm also not. They're four and zero, bro. I'm they're also four I'm also saying the Steelers aren't the best undefeated team because that is Kansas City. We're talking about who's the scariest team. If you are Kansas City, who might be able to make a run at you to unseat you? long-term of the undefeated teams your Seattle Seahawks that defense you're talking about that's going to get better has to get a whole hell of a lot better as they currently sit 32nd in the National Football League giving up 476 yards per game Russ as great as Russ is he can't continue to overcome a defense giving up 27.3 points a game and 476 yards per game you can't tell me that they are in a better position to unseat the champions than a team that brings hey, you know a defense why? to the table that can shut anybody down. You can't because tell me they that. get turnovers. They get turnovers, and so they they get Russell more possessions. Hey, look, I'm not I'm not saying that their defense is great. I'm saying that they have a lot of potential to be good, and they will get better. This is a classic Pete Carroll thing. Every year their defense starts off a little bit bad, and they always get better and better and better. And by the playoffs, they're rolling. Don't sleep on them. I mean, I'm if telling we're telling you, don't don't. You dare disrespect the Seahawks at 4-0, uh, beating up teams that are good teams. Schubert, I'll let you talk because you're chomping. Disrespectful? I just said they're not the answer to this question. They're still yeah. 4-0. They're still a good football team. They right. just have a major flaw. Who's, who's right? your pick, Schubert? And I think, who's your pick? Who's better? I, I, none of them. I don't think any of the teams on this list are in the best position Listen, I know to unseat a, the Chiefs. I, I really don't. Poli- it's a political season, but good God, give us an answer, sir, please. Yeah. My answer is my a team that's not on this list because they're not undefeated. It's, the only hey, team. Why don't you answer your questions about packing the court? Biden. <laughs> Schubert, who's your answer? You've got to give us one of the five. Who of? I have the, to give you one of these answers? Because the question is, of the undefeated teams, Right, but none the, of them are. They all have listen flaws. To listen to me. Of the undefeated teams, who is the scariest team who could unseat the Chiefs? Who's the scariest of the five? Um, I'm who going with Sean Crespin's answer. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the only <laughs> team that I think checks the box. Jordan, I'm sorry. I don't like that it's the answer. I think the Bills need to show it to me more. The Seahawks have one of the worst defenses in the league. He can still hear me. I'm screaming loud enough. Mm-hmm. The Packers' defense is bad. The Titans, I'm not. I'm still not sure about. They're going to be able to run the football, but is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to make enough throws? The Steelers are the Steelers. You know Ben Roethlisberger is going to show up and play good football. You know Mike Tomlin's going to coach a very well. We talk about coaching no, with I, Pete I, Carroll. I, I you know what you're going to get with, with a Mike bunch Tomlin. Of idiots. <laughs> It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Sorry, joining I was just uh, Team Sean on this one. My wife of the undefeated. Uh, no, the undefeated go to the next teams. subject because you guys are just you guys are just saying shit. Well, to piss we got we got we got to wrap this up. So Schubert, I need you to because you're on you're on you're not on vacation. You're on a work trip in Houston I'm right now. On a work now. trip. So your weekly yes. segment of a shoe win with Schubert is something you're going to yes. do weekly here on the No Bull Podcast Network. And since you're on vacation. On a work trip, sorry. Uh, work I, trip. <laughs> I need you to uh, to give me your shoe win with Schubert here instead of in its own segment. And we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up this Friday edition. What do you got? Who's a shoe win this okay, weekend? Okay, so I got two picks for you, but I need somebody to check the lines on this because I wrote the script for this like okay. yesterday when mm-hmm. I thought we were going to record it. So okay. I'm going to do this, right. and then if we have to update the lines, let me know. Right. Uh, but game number one. NFL? Two college games, so two college games okay. for tomorrow. These will always be college picks right. for me. Uh, game number Schubert. one, Texas. Okay. Yeah, shoe in with Schubert. Game number one, Texas Tech plus 
12 and a half against Iowa State. I hope they're still within a range there uh, because the fact that it's 12 and a half makes this such a juicy opportunity uh, for the Texas it's Tech Red Raiders. 12. If, okay, so well, still in a range yeah. that I like it. So if it's a 12, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still interested in this. If you are going to take a team that is getting this kind of points, two scores or more, you need to have an offense that's going to be able to stay in a game if this thing gets out of hand and maybe you're down 14, 17, 21 points. I don't think that's going to be the case against this Iowa State team because they don't blow anybody out. Brock Purdy's having one of his worst seasons so far. He's got a completion percentage in the 50s right now. He's not lighting it up. They're not putting up a ton of points. But this Texas Tech team, guys, how about this? Third in the Big 12 in points per game. They're fourth on the ground running the ball. They're second in the air at 342 yards per game. If you're going to give me 12 points with one of the best offenses in the Big 12, thank you very much. I'll take the 12, the 12 and a half, whatever you're giving me. This game is a four-point game, and I think Texas Tech even has a chance in this one. The other game, and this line I'm definitely going to need to get checked because there's a hurricane that could cancel the game entirely, but I'm taking Alabama minus 23 and a half. Alabama. You can't say it anymore. Okay, I'm saying Alabama minus 23 and I like the old... I like the over in this one, but it's come down because of the hurricane that's supposed to roll through there. They've already moved the kickoff for this game as well. This total was in the 70s. I think it was 78 and a half when it opened, and it's all the way down. I think it's at like 68 or 69 because of the high winds that are expected. So I like it, but the wind changes things. I still think Alabama uh, can win this football game. I know, uh, Sean, you're going to love this. I got a lot of S&P Plus numbers for this one. You have the best offense in the country in Alabama uh, in S&P Plus going up against the 60 fifth defense according to sp plus in old miss they're going to be able to score a ton of points they have the 17th ranked defense they're going to keep old miss off the board especially if it's raining and windy they're going to be able to run the football uh this old miss offense isn't going to be able to get going if they can't throw the ball down the field because of the hurricane alabama minus 23 and a half shoe in with schubert done there you go i see I like alabama it. minus 20 hey, i'm throwing some money on deal. those all right, I'm going to pursue you. Hey, you, you keep speaking with that type of conviction. It fires me up. Right. You see that, Sean? Take notes for the Sunday show, so, okay? Recap, real quick for recap. Cash with Crosby, you need conviction. Real so I got quick. Texas Tech, you say, plus 12, uh-huh. according to where you guys have looked. I yeah. like them. Uh, I think it's a good matchup for them against an Iowa State team that doesn't blow teams out. Brock Purdy not having a great season. Yep. Then I like Alabama minus 23 and a half, Sean. You said you saw it at 24. Mm-hmm. I still like it there. Alabama, one of the best offenses, actually the best offense in the country, according to the SP Plus metric, uh, against the 65th best defense in the country. Opportunities galore to put up points. I think they win this game probably, what, 42-14, something like that. Alabama rolls in this one. So I like Texas Tech plus the 12, and right. Alabama, I'll lay the 24. Hey, can, can we get this? Can we get proof of this? Can you upload your little script there to uh, nb-sports.com? It's already up there? Yeah. Love it. NB- no, dash- it's just on my phone. I'll send it to you. So you put it up there, nb-sports.com. That way in the, uh, in the, in the, in the what is it called? Hey, hype train? You know what? The hype train. You know what these people have to do, more importantly, is subscribe to this. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to it. That's your right. parting thought. That's it. That's it. that's the only sales pitch you got. You're just yelling at him to subscribe right, to the I'm, show. I'm, I'm subscribe you. to the podcast. I'm muting your microphone. I'm muting you. you. Uh, okay, wait, you wait, can wait. follow the show <laughs> at Noble <laughs> underscore podcast. You can follow Jordan because that's the only place he's going to be allowed to talk moving forward at Jordan Simone thirty eight. You can follow Sean at S Crespin zero two, and you can follow me at Shoe Radio. The podcast. I know Jordan said to subscribe. Found in a whole bunch of different places. You can listen to it on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We throw it up on our Anchor page as well. That thing gets tweeted out. Plenty of ways for you to listen to the show. But, yes, 
like it, subscribe it, tell your friends about it. We're just getting this project started. Week one in the books, guys. I know. Week one in the books. Are we still tolerating each other? Are we still okay with each other? Are we going to be back on Monday? Outside of your awful NFL takes, Schubert, I think Jordan and I are bringing it. I've had a couple it, good ones today. Jordan and I are bringing it pretty good right now through two weeks. When you say there, Jordan, I, th- I think uh, outside oh, yeah. of Schubert's bad NFL takes, we're doing okay. So, uh, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Is that fair? Anybody yeah, have any I'll have, more, I'll have more bad takes for you. Hey, Jordan, I'll have more bad takes for you on Monday. What should people do? Subscribe to the podcast. Share it to your grandma.